Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. All right, it's time for Maximize Your Influence. Welcome aboard. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Podcast 409, where we get you to be a little more creative, learn to think on your feet, understand how to give an impromptu, because reality is most of your presentations should have a little element of impromptu, because you're talking to different people, different groups, different ages, different personalities, different cultures, and you can be really prepared, and I'm all about that. But there's always some question, somebody, something, some objection that comes up that you might not be ready for. You have to think on your feet. So thanks for being here as we teach you how to maximize your influence, your negotiation skills, your mindset, your success, and hopefully your bank account. Hopefully you're having a great week. Biden's plugging along, getting a lot of things done. But let's dive into it. Let's get you some great content, some tools of influence. And remember, our goal is to persuade people how they want to be persuaded. Let's dive into listener email. Oh, boy! This is from Hank from New Mexico in the United States. And of course, anybody can uh, send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Or check us out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com, where you can take your Persuasion IQ assessment and find out everything we are up Two. And remember, if we use your email on the, the show, you get a free membership to InfluenceUniversity.com, home of all the influence tools. So Hank's asking about the Super Bowl commercials that happened a while back. Want to know which one I thought was the most influential, the most persuasive? Now, this is a little controversial as far as the rankings. Everyone has their own rankings, and some people are doing MRIs on the brain. Some are doing it based on humor. And I'm going to do it based on my perspective. And the one I chose, some people hate. But it was the one that I noticed. Because I had a house full of people. The game was on. But when this commercial came on, it got silent. It got the eyes. And it got about half the room to take action. Now, that's what you want from an influential commercial. Someone to take action. Because the big challenge with Super Bowl commercials are like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that was good. That was funny. Then they ask, what was the product? They're like, I don't know. But it was funny. (laughs) Okay. That would be in the failure category. Sure, it's great that we laughed. It was funny. But if you can't remember the sponsor, what the product was, that's in the failure category. So I'm going to take listener email and bring it over to our blunder. In fact, let's call it a blinja. Which is a combination blunder ninja. You get to choose what it is. In my mind, again, this commercial had the greatest buzz, grabbed the attention, got the most action. That's the ninja part. We'll talk about the blunder part here in a second. The commercial I chose was Coinbase. Now, I'm a big fan of cryptocurrencies. Coinbase is one of your bigger exchanges in the United States where you could buy, you know, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And they bought 60 seconds, which is probably around $14 million for an ad. And I'll bet, I'll put money on, theirs was the least expensive to produce because all it was was a QR code 
pulsating in different colors floating around the screen. Now, if you know a QR code, you take it, picture with your phone, and it takes you right to a website. Brilliant. And nobody knew who the commercial was for. It was just a QR code. And people were clicking on it to see who did this, and it took them right to the webpage. Now, there was a little blurb at the end that it was about Coinbase. You can get free Bitcoin for registering. And there was also a giveaway. But 20 million people went to their site in a single minute. Their app went from 182nd place to second place during this commercial. Now, it was brilliant. Suspense, curiosity, what is this? The silence, there was no sound at all during this commercial. People were pulling out their phones, wanting to know what it was. And they got 20 million people to hit their website. Brilliant, great, it worked. The blunder part, hence the blinja, is it crashed their website. <laughs> too many people, too fast, crashed the website, people couldn't get to it, and it disrupted everything. Now, good, kudos for getting everybody there, but if you can't get them there and there's nothing there, that would be the blunder part. So you decide, maybe it's a little bit of both, but that's our Blinja of the show. And Hank, that's the answer to your question. Which brings us to our geeky scholarly article. This is the psychology of your scrolling addiction. You've done it before, you got a lot of things to do, but then you take a look at your phone, you're on the computer, just a few minutes to watch a few videos, check out some social media. The next thing you know, an hour's gone, two hours are gone. You've been sucked down this rabbit hole watching video after video. You don't even realize how much time you're wasting, that it's put you in a trance. And of course, it's no secret that Facebook and other social media, things have been leaked, things have happened to where they try to get you addicted, put you into a trance, build the feeds to get you to spend as much time as possible on their site. I mean, that's where they make their money. So this is from Harvard Business Review. And of course, the link will be on the website. And Dr. Sharif, she's at University of Pennsylvania, and Dr. Rowley at Cornell University was trying to figure out what's going on. What causes people to go down this rabbit hole and go from it's just going to be a couple minutes to now it's two hours? Because other studies have shown that 77% of employees use social media while on the job. And almost everyone will admit they could work more, work harder. Well, they won't admit it to their boss, but they'll admit it in an anonymous poll. So what's going on here? What's getting people sucked into this trance of endlessly watching videos or looking at posts or just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling? So they looked at a variety of factors to figure out, okay, what's going on here? And they looked at students. They looked at adults. But 6,000 people in this study. And the first thing they looked at, as you're going down this rabbit hole, if you've already watched a bunch of videos... And another one popped up where you're more likely to watch it versus watching it for the first time. So they did find that watching five videos made people 10% more likely to choose to watch an additional video, just one more video. So they noticed that if you already watched a few videos, hey, what's one more? Then they looked at how similar the videos were to each other. And they found when they were similar in the same category you'd been watching, people were 20% more likely to choose another video that was related and watch another one. Then they looked at how people would act after watching several videos consecutively versus when there was an interruption between the videos. They found that when there was no interruption between videos, they were 22% more likely to choose another video. Now these don't seem like big numbers, but you add all three of these, 
that changes the game. That means you're in the rabbit hole. That means you're in a trance and you're probably addicted. So when it's easier, more accessible, no interruptions, it's similar to the things you've been watching, it's easier to keep scrolling and watching, scrolling and watching. So we know that these platforms are designed to trap you, give you these little bite-sized content, the clickbait to try to get you in, to get you started, to get you that engaging content, the content that you want to see, that you want to hear. I mean, that's the definition of a social media feed. They customize it to you. So what can you do? So if you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, just say, watch one video. One, it's all you get. And then there's an interruption. You're walking, you're doing something, you're not watching them back to back to back. You can set a timer or you can throw your phone away. Well, maybe not that, but just be more aware. That's what's going on. Take away any of those elements and you will not spend as much time, hopefully, on social media. So now you know the why of the addiction, the trance, and what's going on when all of a sudden the couple minutes that you're going to spend turns into a couple of hours. And if you really want to be aware, most phones will track how much time you spend on social media and let you know. You can put limits on it. You can just be more aware because... It's no secret with the human brain that when you ask people how much time they spend, they're not very good at estimating the exact amount. Most people are much lower than it actually is. Like I was teaching this university course, and I had the students pull out their phones. Most of them were already out, of course. And I had them write down and estimate how long they were on social media. And then they were going to look. Yeah, nobody was close. In fact, one girl put down 10 hours... And she was clocking about 32 hours for the last week. Just say, just put it out there. Something to think about. But let's dive into our main content. How do you think on your feet? How do you become more creative? How do you get ready for that impromptu? Like, Kurt, it's an impromptu. You can't get ready. Oh, yes, you can. Every time you speak, every time you train, every time you persuade, it probably goes impromptu, something you weren't ready for. So how do you get ready? How do you train your brain? Now, first of all, everybody can be more creative. Everybody can do better to think on your feet. They have improv training. Have you ever seen the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And most of these have these improv centers where they'll actually train you. You can train your brain to think faster, quicker, and better. You can. You don't need to dye your hair pink and start piercing yourself. You can train your brain. You learn creativity. It's not some magic brain region that some people have and some people don't. So as long as you're at least average intelligence, you can be more creative. That's what great leadership is. When I was doing research for Laws of Charisma, one of the sections is on creativity, problem solving, thinking outside of the box. And charismatic leaders have this trait. They've trained themselves to be more creative and to think differently. You see, creative people, those who can think on their feet and generate new ideas, are more successful, are more persuasive. And to be better with creativity and thinking on your feet, you know, read more books, listen to different podcasts, learn about new subjects, talk to other people that are in different industries than you, read a magazine you wouldn't normally read. Just find ways to expand your creativity. And your mind becomes more fertile, more imaginative, and will help you generate new great ideas and will help you think on your feet. For example, take your greatest challenge right now and come up with 10, 20, 30 different ideas to solve it. Now, you'll get stuck after five or six, but just keep going and it gets easier and easier. I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. And once you do that, learn to trust your brain. 
When you have to think on your feet, trust your brain. There's information there. And the great thing about an impromptu presentation, say you're called out of the group to give a presentation, your audience is more forgiving. They're just glad it's not them. So think about that. That should release your tension just a little bit. Think of ways to come up with great content. And just think on that way up. Events of the day, what did previous presenters say? What's a story that's relevant? If you've been to my podcast or my presentation training, you know I have people create a story list of stories they hear, the stories they've lived, and you can pull up your story list real fast or take a look at it. You have hundreds of stories in your brain. You should write them down. And then come up with two or three points that you can talk about real fast. Again, remember, they're just glad it's not them. So be confident when you walk to the front of the room or if you're already up there. Take a deep breath. It's okay to pause and collect your thoughts. Smile, then go. And one great thing is, you know, you focus on the person, focus on the audience, focus on the prospect, praise them, find something nice, focus on the audience. What will be useful to them? If you have a little time, come up again with those two or three points or some type of structure. Easiest is past, present, future. This is what's happened in the past. This is what's going on right now. This is how we fix it in the future. Easy structure you can really do on the fly. And don't get up there and ramble. Just pretend you're talking to a friend. You're confident. You're natural. You're genuine. Have that story ready to roll. They don't expect perfection, and you shouldn't expect perfection either. They know that you're thinking on your feet. So give yourself a little room for a few mistakes. You can always use humor. Get started. Break the ice. Get things going. Again, if you've been to the presentation training, you know you should have a joke list ready to roll. A joke in your head, a joke list, write it down. I have hundreds on mine. You've got this. You could do this. Trust your brain. Now, if you get stuck, you're not sure where to go, again, that pause is okay. You're pondering, you're thinking, you want to take it seriously. That's all right. You can ask a question or have them repeat the question. If you don't know the whole answer, take a piece of it and answer it. Throw it back to the group. Do what every college professor does. Oh, before I answer, let me ask the class and see what they think. Yeah, most of the time they have no idea. That's why they're doing it. They're buying time, getting some ideas from the audience. If it's a prospect, why do you ask that question? That's really interesting. You mind if I ask you why? Can you let me know? Really? Have you tried that before? What does the perfect solution look like to you? You can buy yourself some time. If it's a larger audience, you can turn it to a Q&A session. And you can practice this. You can train your brain. One of the things I've done in the past when I'm stuck in a long, boring presentation, I'm like, hmm, if I was called up right now to speak about that, what would I say about this topic? What story would I use? Is there a quote I could insert? What type of joke would I say? And train your brain. Instead of being bored, use it for time to train your brain to be more creative and being better able to think on your feet. Again, there are local places that train people to do improv that have classes that you can take. You can have friends throw out a topic and say, all right, go, two minutes. You can open up a book, point your finger to a word, and give yourself a little lecture about it, okay? Boom, on the fly, think, think, think. It's such a critical skill for charisma, for influence, for every aspect of your life. I think one of the things that I used to do with my kids growing up, you know, they love to read books and stories, and we'd even do this in the car sometimes, where we just get in a circle, and i say, all right, once upon a time, there was this dark cloud coming in, And it started to turn red. And then you turn it to the next person. And they would make something up and just keep going around. It's a lot of fun. It builds that creativity muscle in your brain. 
And the kids love to do that. That's another option that you could do at any time. If you have children, not sure if we can pull that off in the workplace. But anyway, just put it out there. It's something you can do to train your brain. So train your brain. Trust your brain. Don't expect perfection. Be okay with the pause. You could practice. Create your joke list. Create your story list. Add to those every week. And this will help you in every aspect of your life. And not only that, it'll give you more confidence. Like, yeah, I got this. I could do this. The more you practice, the better you are. Because you have to understand, we need to persuade someone. It's too late to learn. When you need to be more creative, it's probably too late to learn. So learn it ahead of time. Do it ahead of time. And you'll see great results in your ability to persuade and influence. So that's a wrap. Thanks for being here. Please. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. We're also on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, under Maximize Your Influence, or just go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Since we've been talking a lot about presentation skills, I've got a little gift for you, a video training on the perfect persuasive presentation. A to Z, even a template that you could download step-by-step on how to create a perfect persuasive presentation. Anybody can present but is it persuasive? And the way you get that for free, go to presentationiq.com. Presentationiq.com. It's quick, it's fast, it's easy. 10 questions. It'll peg your strengths and weaknesses. Helps you out, helps me out, and you'll get access to the training on the perfect persuasive presentation. So check that out. Take something you learned today, apply it, use it. And it'll fix your mindset. You'll be more confident. You'll have the tools to become more influential. And you'll be able to go out and persuade with power. Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. 